This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's a new season. It's a new show. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Yeah, welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Along with their friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association, they can be found on the web and milwcar.com. I'd like to thank uh, both of them for supporting the final inspection show throughout the year. And if you go to milwcar.com, it's a chance for you to win a free oil change if you sign up for their emails. And uh, it's a pretty neat deal because uh, with, with the emails, you get tips and advice. You get to see what service garages are involved with them, promotions and specials. And it's a pretty neat deal. Uh, lots of uh, uh, the Auto Care Association or garages are located throughout the metro Milwaukee area, such as the South Milwaukee Car Care Center on Chicago Avenue. You have Gerard's on the south side of Milwaukee. You got Larry's Auto Clinic on the north side. 21st Century Auto on Forest Home Avenue. John the Muffler Man on 23rd and Wells. All over the city, you will find a Milwaukee Auto Care Association member uh Napa, I should say, Napa, Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association member, close to you. Make sure you check them out. Of course, we'd like to thank uh, Great Lakes Dragway for everything they've done uh, throughout the year. And uh, now they're getting to the time of year, Dennis. Dennis Michelson's joining us from Race Talk Radio. Uh, Great Lakes Dragway is only open now Saturdays and Sundays as weather permits. And they're going to try and go until the snow closes the season out. So come out on a Saturday or Sunday. They'll be open at 9 a.m. till approximately 5 p.m. And they are still accepting uh, track rentals. And uh, 2017 season passes are available at uh, if you go to GreatLakesDragway.com. Check them out, and you can uh, buy your passes there for the coming year. And uh, if you want to make sure if they're open up this weekend, uh, make sure you check out the, the website, and they will let you know if you want to come out there. It's a little bit cooler uh, this weekend, but the weather overall for November has been spectacular, Dennis. And, uh, you know, we could almost be racing up in the Midwest here. Oh, it's just absolutely been crazy. And uh, it was a few years ago, uh, I was up in that area in early December, the first week of December, and was passing by and uh, the Great Lakes Dragway, and they had cars on the track. And, uh, you know, I was just, it just... They do such a wonderful job, and if you get a nice day in, you know, middle to late November, it is amazing how many cars show up on the weekend, but uh, they do a wonderful job out there, and they really do race until the snow uh, closes them down, and I've even uh, heard they uh, do a little snowmobile drag racing at times out out there in the wintertime, too, so uh, great place out there. 
Yeah, and last week they were doing the snowmobile uh, uh, races on the grass, grass snowmobile races, so that, those are entertaining. They had the drifter cars out there a couple weeks ago, and when we had uh, Roy on, Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway, he was telling them how they came into that. It's pretty interesting is they had some drifters that wanted to uh, use some of the tarmac because they added so much asphalt lately to do some uh, uh, drifting with their cars, a lot of guys from the area here and down south of Chicago area. And it, it's gotten such a good following that they're, they're actually doing, uh, you know, meets out there with some of the drifting cars. So it's a definitely, it's, it's what's neat about Great Lakes Dragway uh, is they've changed with the times, you know, from it was, you know, going back in the days, it was fantastic with Broadway Bob and everything, but they've, uh, they've adapted their business model to fit what the people want and you know, it's just pretty neat. That's how they remain competitive in the entertainment uh, um, section of uh, the, you know, the southwest, the southeast Milwaukee area and, and Chicago area is because there's so many different things. And they attract so many types of motorsports guys. The gearheads, of course, but, you, you, you know, the drifting people, the grass snowmobile people, all sorts of, uh, you know, different uh, people at different walks of life. Go to Great Lakes Dragway. It's just pretty neat to do. A great deal, and uh, I will tell you this. The uh, Tyrac One Lap of America stopped there back in May this year, and usually when they stop in a drag strip, they're almost like a nuisance at that drag strip, and they're treated such. You know, it's, it's not a very cordial experience, and everybody was raving about the facility because a lot of times those guys, you know, they were up at Road America earlier in the day and then they had to drive down. And some of them that weren't going to make the stop at the broth stop uh, were, were just amazed with how many different kinds of food and how good the food was, too. And just everybody at Great Lakes Dragway, I don't care if you're a competitor, I don't care if you're a fan showing up for the races, a uh, media guy like us, uh, they treat everybody so well there. Uh, it is it is definitely worth the drive. It certainly is. And uh, well, we're we're gonna be uh, joined by Tony DeZino from NBC Sports dot uh, com Motorsports uh, guy in just a moment here. Uh, when we come back, we'll certainly talk about uh, Carl Edwards uh, just having a fantastic day uh, at the uh, AAA Texas Five Hundred last week and uh, punched his car for the the chase and. The question is, I guess coming up uh, with this week, uh, them being in Phoenix, Kevin Harvick, is he going to win the race? Because it sounds like this is a done deal, Dennis. Well, he's got to win. Um, he's <laughs> uh, so far back in points, and there's such a glut of guys at the top there. With two guys already locked in with wins so far, you end up with only two spots available, and you've got three or four guys that are right up there in points. So Harvick needs to win, and, uh, you know, he's had a good dominant car there at Phoenix in the past, but all it takes is a little bobble in qualifying or a little bobble by his pit crew, and he'll be on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. It should be interesting. What we'll do, let's take a break now, and uh, we'll, we'll be joined by uh, Tony DeZino in just a moment here. We'll talk more about the NASCAR season. What's the latest happening at uh, uh, racetalkradio.com, Dennis? Oh, we've had a lot of fun uh, with some very unique interviews. Uh, last week, got a chance to talk to uh, NASCAR artist Sam Bass and also previewed a uh, fun event that's 
coming up uh, down at PRI the uh, first night after the Performance Racing Industry Trade Show on that Thursday uh, this year. There's going to be a celebrity roast for Bob Vandergriff Sr., one of the original founders, really, of SEMA, uh, Headman Hustler Headers, uh, the company that he founded many, many years ago. And uh, Bob is a character. And there will be the who's who of, uh, of drag racing and the aftermarket industry. Uh, show you how long that they've been around SEMA. Their SEMA booth number is seven. <laughs> so that just kind of gives you an idea. And if uh, anybody who's familiar with SEMA understands that that seniority is right there. So they were one of the original members. And uh, Bob will uh, it'll be a great roast. So uh, uh, those interviews uh, you can check out. And a whole bunch of interviews that we've posted recently, including a couple of interviews with some uh, uh, Milwaukee area racers again. So that's always fun. Josh Balicki uh, and uh, um, Brandon uh, Lemke. Uh, two rising stars, so uh, check those interviews out as well at racetalkradio.com. Yeah, I want to talk to you about Josh uh, when we come back from the break. Uh, he says he's running in the Xfinity race uh, out in Phoenix this weekend, so I want to we'll touch briefly on, on Josh. So you're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Make sure you check out their website at milwcar.com for your chance to win a free oil change. And also like to thank the legendary great lakes dragway for their support uh throughout the year and uh, make sure you check out their website at greatlakesdragway.com make sure uh if they're open this weekend it's kind of touch and go with the with the weather but uh they are open saturdays and sundays now for the rest of the year until the snow flies so make sure you check them out and uh, we'll be back in just a moment on the final inspection show is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Like to welcome Tony Dezino to the show. Welcome, Tony. Hey, Z man. It's uh rare to be in studio, but it's a it's a good good time, good welcome one. Yeah, it's about time you get home. <laughs> ah, such a slacker, I know. Traveling man. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing one more. One more. You, you're uh, doing next the next uh, week, and then PRI in December, I think. Oh, you are going to PRI. Yeah, yeah. Good. I literally just figured that out today. Oh well, I'll buy you dinner down yeah. there. There we go. That works See, out because I think I'm buying Dennis dinner down there. So. Yeah. Dennis, it's the, food, it's the food connection. Or wait, are you buying me dinner down there? No, uh, no, no. You're buying me dinner, and I and I think it was, uh, you know, that that uh, what what is that place? Uh, Saint Elmo's. Saint Elmo's. Yeah. No, no, no. The other one, Harry and Izzy's. Harry and Izzy's. Like that? Well, see, that's, oh, yeah. that's the secret because it's it's the same owners. Yeah, that's that's good stuff over there. It and is. They're both very very classy places. Oh, uh, where are we? We're in Phoenix this week, but let's let's mm-hmm. talk about Texas. The, is the track done drawing yet at Texas? I don't know if the track's <laughs> done yet. So, what is the deal with this, Dennis? Have you been oh, keeping Have you been keeping a tally on how many rainouts they've had or race delays? 
Yeah, I, I think uh, the state of California wants to have NASCAR scheduled um, about once a month so they make sure they, they never have a drought again. Get their this reservoirs in, back up. Yeah, it's been insane this year. They have had so much rain. They've had so much bad weather. Um, and it's been one of those cases where, you know, you'll have a beautiful day Friday and then all of a sudden Saturday and Sunday, kaboom, you know, it's just been a rough year for NASCAR. Um, you know, it's almost as if there's, uh, there's some kind of a weird, wicked, uh, you know, bad karma for bad racing. And, uh, you know, we saw that again on Sunday with the five hour rain delay. And the crazy thing is it didn't even rain that hard, but the track just would not dry because of very, very humid and damp conditions. So, uh, Which is so unusual Nas- in Texas. Yeah, NASCAR did a great job, though. They, they really did. They worked hard to get that thing dry, snuck the race in, and then the next rain coming. I, you know, I heard some fans on Monday saying, oh, oh they could have waited longer yeah, and yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Oh, no. that was just ridiculous. Those are the, those are the same people that I don't think were at the track either. Well, I mean, they weren't at the, yeah. And, and the thing is, is I would say that normally if it was like eight o'clock and it was just a quick passing shower, but it was going to be about a two hour rain event. And then you're going to have to have, you know, another four hours to dry. And it's Sunday it night. Got, oh, would have been ridiculous. Yeah. They they did the right thing. They they raced even maybe a lap or two more than they longer than they should have. It was raining pretty hard, uh, but they kept them out there until they absolutely knew they could not race another lap. And you know, I just commend them. They also got the cars on the track to dry um, the track, finish drying the track, and and they didn't go green yellow or you know the green yellow condition right away. They waited, um, went about five or six laps around before they finally decided, you know, we better throw the green yellow and start this race officially because it was going to be a fuel issue for the guys. So, you know, it was just going to cut into that first fuel stop. So everything that NASCAR did running this race, they, they did a great job. And, you know, you know I'll be critical of NASCAR when they screw up, but I'm not happy with the product we're seeing on the track. But when it came to uh, all of their dealing with the weather this year, um, they have made the right decision every single time. Yeah, credit where it's due, Dennis. And, and it's an interesting thing with Texas in particular. It's such an aging surface that uh, this is this has happened for both their IndyCar race and their NASCAR race this year, where both series have worn the track down so much. So it's a, it's to the point where it's going to need to repave, which is a term they hate. And, and I want to bring up an article I read this week from Parker Kligerman, uh, who kind of suggested, forget just a repave, let's try to actually change the track because another repaved mile-and-a-half-er isn't going to do anything to help fix the racing. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but... One of the ideas was, you know, change the corners, change the banking up closer to the wall, possibly had a dog leg, which, you know, thinking Eddie Gossage being a big promoter, thinking outside the box, is something that radical feasible? Or is it just kind of one of these these dream ideas that, uh, you know, hopefully gets people talking? Okay, I'm going to say it, and uh, I'm going to say it very, very nice and slowly so Parker Kligerman, if he's listening, can go ahead and understand this. You don't need to fix the doggone track. 
What you need to do is fix the cars and fix the engines. Ever since they took power away from these guys in 2014, they've gone ahead and screwed up the racing. But if they want to make racing great again, if they want to make NASCAR great again, what they need to do is, first of all, rip these side skirts off, open up the wheel wells a bit so these guys can actually rub without killing the offender in on their tire, take the front splitters off and go back to a valence so you don't have Kentucky bluegrass able to destroy the front of a stock car. Go ahead and make these cars less aero-sensitive. Ever since they put the splitter on, how many times do we see a guy get within about a second and a half on a track like Texas, and then he can't close anymore? And that clean air out front, man, that guy is off like a jackrabbit every restart. It's just ridiculous. You know, if you're going to change the track, I guess you got to add a debris launcher, an automatic debris launcher in every corner so you can get a restart every 20 laps because that's the only excitement is after one of these restarts. And, and it's sad to say because NASCAR had a great product in 2014 and they screwed it up. What about if they knocked on the banking some? They, they, they don't need to knock down the banking. If anything, increase the banking. I don't, I don't <laughs> care what you do to the track. Make it progressive banking. Do whatever you want. Put a, a, you know, put a jump on the back stretch. It doesn't matter what they do to the track if they continue to have these super aero-sensitive cars. They're not going to be able to do anything. Put rumble strips on the track to slow them down. I don't care you're still not going to have better racing than what you saw in 2014. There wasn't a problem with Texas Motor Speedway's races in 2014. In fact, they put on a heck of a good show twice. The problem is the cars, Parker. It's the cars. Nobody will say that because that's calling NASCAR out. They'll take the, the tracks and tell them to change the tracks. That's fine. Go ahead and do that. How did that work for everybody at Bristol Motor Speedway? The fans are still complaining, and there's 20,000 empty seats on a good day and 60,000 empty seats on a bad day. You know, you could change the tracks all you want, change the cars. You need to change the cars. Parker, pay attention. Change the cars. I was, uh, I stepped out of the room. I was doing stuff Sunday night when they were running the race, and I came back in and I saw Casey Mears sliding in through the infield. I'm like, oh, my God, how hard did he hit the wall? <laughs> I mean, this car is demolished. I mean, did he get upside down? No, he just went through the grass. <laughs> yeah, just going through the grass. And that's the, the, the comedy of this right now is these are supposed to be stock cars. If you look at any of the old races from the late 70s, 80s, on into the early 90s, You'd see a guy spin, he'd go through the grass, he, he might even uh, hit the wall a bit. They come on in, they beat out the fenders, they get him back to running, and he's fine. Now, I swear, if a, if a net flies out in front of the car and gets hit by these cars, there's massive damage, and the car isn't the same the rest of the day. And God forbid he hits a blade of grass, because you're going to tear out the entire front end of your car. This is the thing I don't get, guys. I'm not a, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist 
to see that there's a problem here. And if we're getting great racing on the track, then we just laugh about the grass being able to tear up a car. But we're not getting great racing. And that's the problem, is let some air under these cars, open up the arrow along the side of the cars. You won't have guys playing with their side skirts and trying to, to skirt the rules, pun intended, because you won't have those things on there. Open those up, let air in under these cars, they'll make them tough to drive, and that will bring back some side-by-side racing. Go to the front valence, and you won't have as much of an aerotight condition. Yes, you'll still have aerodynamic problems when two cars get together at a mile-and-a-half track, but if you look at all of those old races in the 90s with the front valence, there was less aerodependence. They demand they depend more on mechanical grip and making big changes to the car and getting those cars to grip. You know, in this day and age now, we're in a situation where we're just going to be these aerotype. It's not NASCAR anymore. It's not stock car racing anymore. It's Formula One with fenders. Should uh, Kevin Hart or should Austin Dillon be mad at Kevin Harvick still? Um, if he is, he's an idiot. Um, he basically self-wrecked twice. He split up in front of a guy and, you know, that was the first issue. He split up in front of a guy and, and didn't time it right and took himself around. And then with Harvick, it's like he just ran out of talent. Yeah, Harvick was coming up behind him. He was crowding him a bit. But if, if that's all it takes to get you to spend, that you better go ahead and get out of NASCAR. Go find your safe place, you know, and, and make sure you're not going to have a problem. I cannot believe how mad he got over that. And, of course, you know, stealing all of the, the insults that Kevin Harvick threw at him years ago, it, it just is ridiculous. That was good, hard racing. And maybe good hard racing is not allowed anymore in NASCAR. Maybe that's the problem is these guys don't want anybody to get close to them because they're going to have a problem. If that's, if that's what NASCAR has turned into, these guys have gotten every bit as soft as some of these college students that need a safe place because of the election results. The, uh, in the end car, you could hear Carvick, you know, Harvick feathering the, the you know, feathering the gas, trying not to hit him. So, I mean, he was trying to backpedal out of it, and, and, and he just slid up in front of him. I, I I just thought it was, you know, quote, unquote, one of those racing deals. So, he, I mean. Yeah, he wrecked himself. Yeah. All right, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we promise we'll talk about Wisconsin driver Josh Balicki. When we come back, we didn't get to him this segment. What we're going to do, we'll take a break now. It's time for a sports flash. And you've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. And, of course, our friends at the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Make sure you check them out and check out their website, see if they're open this weekend. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Josh Balicki, who will be running the Xfinity Series in Phoenix. And also we'll preview, I guess, the Phoenix uh Cup and Xfinity races coming up this weekend at Phoenix. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show on 105.
105.7 The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. The Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show. I, we have Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio joining us on the line here and in studio. We got Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. Tony, what's the latest going on there? We're into the final couple weeks of the season. Um, Brazilian Grand Prix this week. Uh, Abu Dhabi's in a couple weeks, and I have had a couple fun off the grid type adventures that uh, one has already happened and one will happen next week that uh, you'll look forward to probably in December for the features on those, but we'll be off air at that point. So um, it involves me actually in a race car for one of them. So I've, I've, I've heard rumors. There, so uh, there, there's a reason why I'm a talker and not a driver, but uh, needless, <laughs> to say, needless to say, I got, I got better and uh, I only had one code Brown moment. So I was quite proud of that. And the, the de- details of which will be further expanded on in the coming weeks. So, so that's a tease of my time as uh my time is why I'm a writer and not a driver. So very good. Yeah. Yeah, we got some news that broke order during the week, and that's uh, ARCA. Uh, the ARCA Racing Series is coming back to Road America NASCAR weekend on uh, Sunday. It's going to be a Sunday race, I guess, on August 27th, it looks like. And I'm happy for those guys coming back because they put on an entertaining show at Road America. They do. They're, it's an interesting series because it's it's migrated to where there's been a good glut of young talent that's emerged this in that championship it's not it's not the Frank Kimmel show anymore mm-hmm. uh with what Chase Briscoe was able to do with what Myatt Snyder's done in a handful of races Austin Sindrick's been in there uh you're starting to see guys that might not be able to cut it or have the opportunity in let's say an Xfinity grid that are in, in ARCA and able to shine so uh, I like that addition we we know how in, interesting stock car racing on road courses is and and I think that's for for the five laps of green that they'll get, I think it's going to be awesome. Of course, <laughs> of course, there'll there'll also be at Madison International Speedway in June. That's probably the next closest, and then of course uh, they do their dirt track stuff, which is I think pretty cool that they still race in Springfield and do coin, coin. on yeah. the dirt on the one mile dirt track. So I, I, I you got to give them credit. Uh, Arca is the last I guess national series that still runs on the dirt on the pavement, super speedways, and road courses. So I'll give them kudos for that. And that, that's and, where... And I'll say, yeah. I'll say this. ARCA had a fantastic season this year. Um, they they were sliding. They were in a bad, big slide. And, you know, you went from Kimmel dominating to having the Venturini Motorsports dominating. It was just a matter of which, you know, highly funded driver uh, in the Venturini car was going to win, but boy, the last two seasons for the ARCA Racing Series, they have gotten back to very, very exciting racing where you've got a good eight different guys that on any given day could get it done, and you know that's what made it more impressive with uh, Chase Briscoe having the season that he had, because uh, you know there were times when some of those wins were pretty hard fought. There were some weekends when they were running uh, with the NASCAR guys that they were the most entertaining race of the weekend. So, I'll tell, uh, I'll tell very, you, very, 
I'll tell you, Dennis, I was at Iowa for the IndyCar weekend back in July, and ARCA was on that card, too. And uh, you get a great just—that was a good mix of, of series to have on the same weekend, where uh, those— the series has kind of gone back to its roots. You know, it's not gotten too big. It's not gone to too many mile and a half. It's staying close, short tracks, you know, good talent and, and good stuff. So I was I was really pleased to see that. Yeah, and if you want to see some great racing, not only Madison, but it's almost worth the drive over to Elko uh, and then one of the original uh, ARCA tracks. It's still uh, not a horrible drive for uh, everyone from Milwaukee. Uh, take a trip out to Toledo someday. I know Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> you know, go see Max Klinger, but at the same time, go to Toledo Speedway because that is one of my absolute favorite tracks. And you also have Berlin, uh, which is uh, up near Grand Rapids. Uh, that's a track that you need to, you know, you need to plan these racecations. Uh, not much to see around Toledo, but uh, except for the track, but. You go up to uh, Berlin, up near Grand Rapids, and uh, you know spend uh, the weekend up there. Uh, you'd have a good time along the, the opposite side of the lakeshore with the dunes and all. So, um, just Arca put on a great couple of years here, where they've really worked hard to get a balance to those cars. They've brought in a, a spec engine um, that has been very successful, and they don't make you run the spec engine. But they're almost giving the spec engine almost a little little edge, uh, if you will. So, and the guys that are running the spec engine are saving money. Um, so they've they've really done some things to make the uh, competition better in ARCA. I, I applaud them. And then a friend of the show, Josh Balicki, will be running out in uh, Phoenix this weekend. I think he made his first ARCA start at Road America, didn't first he? First Xfinity start at uh, Xfinity, Road yeah. yeah. We he, had him on the show for that. Yeah, he drove the um, – it's funny. I texted with him during the weekend. It was a really late deal. Like, it, ca- it came together Monday or Tuesday, and he had to, to rally to get his license to even get, get suited up and equipment. He had his old uh, Continental tire suit on. He actually did a really good job in qualifying. I think he was, like, t- top 25, which with that team in a 40-car field and first – you know, never driven the car before, never tested. He had a bunch of track experience to rely on, but he did a really good job. The problem was they had major brake issues. Yes, that's major, an understatement. Major brake issues that weekend. And, I saw uh, the second one. Yeah. I, I, I saw that one in turn one. Yeah. Scary. He- it was yeah. it was scary, but uh, but he's going to be running an oval now at, at Phoenix, and and he's not. I've not known him as an oval driver. He's been in, involved very heavily involved in SCCA and moved into Continental last year. Did a couple races there, uh, but he's kept up good contact. And and really, all, all these guys need is a chance. You get one opportunity, and you can over exceed whatever minimal expectations are and in this case you you can get eaten alive very quickly at phoenix it's a mile oval and it, it if you're only you might only be five or six tenths off the pace but extrapolate that out and it, mm-hmm. it gets it gets it gets tough quickly but it's a it's a great uh it's a great opportunity for him and i'm happy to see it it's a saturday josh night race of, too mm-hmm. yeah and, and josh is one of those kids that you know he works very hard to uh, to go ahead and secure a little bit of sponsorship, but his main way to fuel his racing is to to work as a driving instructor um, at road courses, and you'll see him in a lot of different um, uh, events that show up there. Uh, the extreme racing experience, he'll uh, uh, he'll be up there for that, and for laps, he'll be up there for uh, coaching. Uh, works with the guys from Fall Line Motorsports, which is out of Buffalo Grove, Illinois. 
um, you know, coaching some of their funded drivers. This kid hustles hard to get the funding he needs. This is the kind of driver that I wish NASCAR had like a scholarship program. You know, in, in college sports, you can get your scholarship program and, and get discovered, you know, as the, as the great, you know, quarterback or whatever and get into the NFL. There's nothing like that in racing. It's so expensive. How about a scholarship program where you, you come up with a few sponsors for these guys and you help, uh, you know, with the youth racers, uh, you know, it's great that they have the diversity program. Don't get me wrong. They're doing a great job with that. And the diversity drivers that they got lined up for next year, they've got an impressive group again. But I'd just like to see some of these racing scholarships for uh, young racers like, like Josh Balecki. The kid hustles and, and works hard. And he, he you know, beat the, the, uh, the, went down the beaten path a bit and, uh, and chased this ride up again. And the guys over there at Obica Racing, what a great name, but it's, a, it's the only team in the history of NASCAR that's been owned by an African uh, man who, who came over to this country and, and owns uh, and runs his own NASCAR team. So a great backstory on that alone. But uh, Josh, good kid. Great racer. I've seen this kid in, in action in a lot of different types of cars, and he just flat out has a lot of talent. They call, you know, they'll call a basketball player a, a gym rat, and Josh is definitely a track rat because he's always, it seems like yeah. he's always at a racetrack or he's always, whether it's like you said, uh, you know, being a driver coach, driving, coaching, testing, wrenching. you got it, wrenching. Yeah, he does everything. He's always yeah. at a track, it seems like. And he has run a couple of short tracks in uh, late models. He was up at Jefferson in a couple of late models uh, as he was moving up through the ranks. So he's at least got a little bit of short track experience. Of course, uh, Phoenix sort of runs like a like a bit of a short track, uh, especially turn one is, is very short track-ish. You know, you got hard braking and, and hard on the gas. Um, I, I think he'll do quite well. I think he'll, you know, this team, you know, a, a top 25 in qualifying would be, you know, magnificent. He was 23rd at Road America. The team, it never cracked the top 30, I don't believe, the rest mm -hmm. of the year with all the other drivers. So Josh is a good, talented kid. He'll do well. And the most important thing is he doesn't make stupid mistakes. He's very, you know, aware of how much everything costs because he's always hustling rides. And, and because of that, he's a very smart racer. The, the brake issue at Road America, that crash wasn't his fault. That was a brake issue. It was a part problem. Um, and, you know, the first time it happened, he, his skills to turn that car sideways through the sand trap kept it from hitting the wall, and, and he saved himself the second time not as lucky. But, um, but this kid, is, he really deserves a break, and uh, I'm glad to see him working hard to get this opportunity, and I have a feeling he's uh, going to be very, very uh, popular with this team, and I would look for more opportunities next year. Well, thank you, Dennis. It's time now for a quick break. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway, as well as the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at MILWCAR.com. This 
is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. Make sure to check out their website. You can win a chance to get a free oil change at one of their service centers. Make sure you check out uh, all sorts of neat stuff on their website, specials, promos, information, whatnot, where your closest uh, garage may be for to have some work done. And it's a pretty neat uh, website to check out. Also, Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to check their website this weekend. Make sure they're open. Uh, kind of dicey with the weather, but they are open on Saturdays and Sundays the rest of the year until the snow flies. And uh, also check out their website to get a chance, if you want, to get their 2017 season passes, which are still available. And uh, it's I'm joined by Tony DeZino in studio, Dennis Michelson on the phone, and uh, Phoenix, the penultimate NASCAR race for the 2016 season. What are we going to see? Kevin Harvick. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's thinking that. Uh, I, I just don't know how you, you bet against him, really. I right. mean, it's, you know, it's very rare that you get still one driver, one team, one track that is consistently dominant anymore, especially given as the rules change, as the packages change, as the banking change, whatever. Um, and for the last, I don't know, four or five years, I feel like it's been Kevin Harvick versus the field and pretty much Harvick wins every time. Although this was the closest he's, he's been to losing in the last couple. I mean, with the, the, uh, the photo finish back there in the spring race, the, uh, the finish that didn't happen last year, cause it's still raining, uh, from the last year's fall race in <laughs> Phoenix. So, uh, and, and, and I, you know, another one where he's another winning in situation, uh, points wise. So, um, he has to guarantee that if he doesn't want to avoid a points cutoff, cause it's, it's close, uh, to, to make sure he wins in to get in. Yeah. yeah. I think he's almost going to have to win to get in. Right. And that's why I think you're going to see uh, Jimmy Johnson and that 48 team. I think Chad Knauss does not want to have to go up against Harvick in the final at uh, Homestead, Miami. So I'm kind of thinking that Jimmy Johnson and, and that 48 team, they're going to throw everything they have at this to try to make sure that Harvick doesn't win this weekend. So I, I think the good luck streak for Harvick is about to end at Phoenix. You know, you, you, you almost wonder, because, I mean, this is one of, this is the one track. How can I say this so it makes sense? This is before he went cup racing. This is the one track he raced at that's on the cup series. So he, he raced late models there at, uh, for the Copper World Classic. He raced uh, what was then Winston West, I believe. Um, trucks and with trucks like Rick too. Corelli so, and yeah, you know he probably has more laps at this track than anybody in this in the series now. And you almost wonder, is there something he knows about driving, something different even that that somehow transitions between all these different you know, generations of, of cup cars they've raced there over the last few years. Well, his his success at Phoenix really started when they reconfigured the track. He has been the master of this new configuration. Um, before that, he was good there. Now he's just unbelievable there. It's, it's interesting to see what, you know, I, I just, I mean, he is, 
I can't think of an of a another driver that would be so much in front of the group going into an event like this from a not from a NASCAR standpoint. I mean, like yeah. I look back to Dale Jr. in the plate races in the mid two thousands. Would but even so, that's that's still more of a crapshoot than a than a handling or setup type track than exactly. Phoenix is. So uh, yeah, you, and you can't really compare those. No, you have to almost turn back the clock to Daryl Waltrip's dominance at the old Bristol hmm. when it was when it was still asphalt. I think he won seven races in a row, and he won a total of like. 12 in his career there it was it was just an astronomical number of wins and his winning streak of consecutive wins was was insane so uh but yeah there's uh the dominance of harvick at phoenix since this repave and, and reconfiguration has been pretty amazing and uh alex bowman i didn't even know this is a tucson native that's where my grandmother lived and my grandparents lived there for many many years did not know that. I did not I, know, I know the fact. That. I didn't know your yeah. grandparents' fact or the Bowman fact. So, I yeah. that's you know wow. And uh, I thought he ran uh, pretty well last week. I know uh, it was Dennis fun and watching I were him. The, it was fun watching him in those early laps there. That one slide job. I think he was yeah. trying to battle Chase or the twenty one. I forget which, and and he just he saved it from that. So he's been doing well. It, it's been it's been fun to see his come uh, his progression throughout the year. Some other news that came through this weekend. Uh, somebody ran out of money, Dennis. Uh-oh. Brian Scott. Well, I don't know if he ran out of money or just decided that he wasn't going to get any better than what he is now at the cup level. Um, he, Brian Scott is a, is a young man that, I'll, I will say this, he didn't have cup-level talent, meaning he wasn't going to be you know winning a lot of races at this level, he was really decent in the old Xfinity series uh, with with Joe Gibbs Racing when he was in that equipment for a while. He uh, he held his own. Um, what I'll say about Brian Scott, he's one of the nicest guys in the series right now. Um, you go up to him for an interview, you know, just on the spot. You you say hi to him. And he's just always a very friendly guy. Uh, I've just, I really have enjoyed having him around the series. Um, he's just not the most talented driver, but uh, but a good kid. Dennis, what is uh, anything else? I guess I, we're kind of coming up here on a break, and I don't want to really just cut you off. But unfortunately, unless you want to stay around for one more segment, well, we're going to have all the big uh, showdowns this weekend, you know, in all well, the different uh, series. So you, you are going to have these elimination races. So it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see uh, who makes the cut for I, Miami. I tell you what, let's uh, let's hold you over uh, through this uh, sports break here. We'll have you on the first segment of next hour because there's just so much going on here. We didn't even really touch uh, upon the Xfinity series, which is coming up, and Who's who's still going on there, and then the truck series too, which Johnny Sauter, Wisconsin's known as the hottest driver in the truck series right now. So let's do this. Let's let's uh, take a break now. We'll bring uh, Dennis through at the top of the hour. We'll talk a little bit more. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Ledger at Great Lakes Dragway and the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.